Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J.O. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Let me just stop there. So now we, I, I remember I had started, I, I, I just started uh, introducing or rather talking about uh, various tongues. Okay. And uh, I want to talk about um, tongues of revelation. Okay, that's, that's, uh, we, we are still doing the series of tongues, the decoded language of the spirit. That is basically the series. But I want to begin by sharing one of the, uh, the, the second uh, uh, type of or, or kind of tongues that we normally have are what we call tongues of revelation. Now, tongues of revelation are basically tongues of mysteries, all right? Now, um, what is a mystery? A, a mystery is basically something which is hidden. It is something which is unknown, but which the Lord desires that it be disclosed unto his people. A, a, a mystery is basically a secret which has been confined only to those who have been initiated, not ordinary mortals. Okay? Now, when I talk about initiation, I'm not talking about circumcision, removing of the lower teeth, and so on. So don't get it twisted, okay? I'm talking about those who have been spiritually initiated. In other words, people who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, all right, to the level whereby they have submitted themselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit. People who have allowed the Spirit of God to lead them into a lifestyle of consecration, a lifestyle of sanctification. And you know, sanctification is a lifelong kind of life. You don't get sanctified for a season and that is the end. Same case also applies to consecration. When you are consecrated, basically what that means is that you've been set apart for God's service. Now, serving God is at different levels, friends. You get what I'm saying? You serve God at a particular level and then you are expected to access another level. Now, for you to be able to access another level, the, 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 what God will do is that he will usher you into another gate for you to be consecrated before you are able to be effectual insofar as service is concerned. And at every level of service, you'll discover that there are certain mysteries. Those mysteries are only confined to those who have been initiated for that particular level. You get what I'm saying, church? Hello? You, you understand what I'm saying? God's secrets are only reserved for those who are initiated. And, 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 and you know, for, for you to be initiated, number one, you must be born again. And I'm assuming that we are all born again. That is if at all we all are. Because if you're not, then maybe whatever I'm sharing might not make sense to you. But nonetheless, it could probably be something that you need to listen to because at the end of the day, when you make a decision to be born again, then these things will actually make sense to you, beloved. Remember, friends, when you're born again, you are initiated into the realm of mysteries. Okay? 
Now, what I, what I basically mean is that God allows you to be conducted into the mysteries which are basically the secrets of ruling, the secrets of, 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 of being able to operate in a life of dominion. Understand, beloved, that mysteries represent the ways of God. They represent his hidden purposes. There are things that God has ordained for each and every one of us, things that have not been disclosed, things that are not exposed to each and everybody. But these are things that are only meant for those who have made a conscious decision, not only just to be born again, because it's one thing for you to say you're born again, but the question is, have you submitted to the leading and the dictates of the Holy Spirit? You know, being born again is not just saying, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins. That is a very lower level. God expects you to move to the level whereby you are filled by the Spirit of God, or rather you are baptized in the Spirit of the Lord, of course with the outward evidence of speaking in tongues, but, there, but, but like I have been saying in this particular series, do not just stop at the level of speaking in tongues. You must come to the point whereby the same Spirit that filled your life should be the same Spirit that you submit to. You submit to him so that he takes you through a lifestyle of consecration, a lifestyle of sanctification, a lifestyle that will enable you to birth forth the nine virtues of the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Whereby God now begins to unveil unto you his mysteries. Okay? And one of the things you'll discover about mysteries is that mysteries... They are a way out of every trap of harassment by Satan. You know, the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Do you know why is it that you perish? Do you know why is it that you struggle? It's because you have no knowledge. And why is it that you do not have knowledge? It's because you've not allowed yourself to be exposed to the mysteries of the kingdom, to the mysteries of life, to the mysteries of the hidden purpose of God. Yes. Now, how else will you be exposed to such if you are not even filled by the Spirit. Okay, let's look at it this way. Yes, you may be filled by the Spirit of God, but the question is, do you submit to Him? And, you know, let me tell you something, friends. One thing I've known about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God does not reason like you and I. The Spirit of God does not speak the kind of language that you and I speak. Okay? What I call your native language. English is a native language. Kikuyu is a native language. You know, the language of men. I'm talking about the language that only he alone speaks. And you know, understand that God's ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Have you read that in scripture? So there's a way God, the Holy Spirit, will speak to you that you might think that it's foolish. And it's very easy for you to dismiss the, you know, the dictates of the Spirit of God because you'll think that this is illogical. Uh-huh. But like I told us when I was beginning this series, that God, is not, God has not called you to be logical. Mm-hmm. He has called you to be spiritual. There is what I call spiritual logic, which is different from human logic. Now, if you're still at the level of human logic, then the truth is you've not even begun your life as a believer. There is what I call spiritual logic or spiritual intelligence, where God exposes you to the intelligence of his purposes. 
Now, the intelligence of God's purposes are what I'm referring to in Scripture as the hidden mysteries of God, whereby you will be able to avoid every trap and harassment of Satan. Because Satan has got one mission, and his mission is to harass each and every one of us. But the only way out is for us to be able to know what is the mind of God concerning our lives. You get what I'm saying? And you know, friends, we read that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And God says he will show them his covenant. Okay? And then we look at verse 15. He says, my eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he'll pluck my feet out of the net. You see, God will ensure that you escape the snare of Satan. Okay? Now understand, when you speak in tongues, beloved, especially the tongues that I'm talking about, tongues of revelation, you are basically activating the realm of mysteries. A person who operates in tongues of revelation is a person who is activating the realm of mysteries. You are ushered into a certain realm known as the realm of mysteries where you begin to access the hidden secrets of the purposes of God. The, you know, those things that God has kept in store for you. Things which eyes have not seen, not ears have heard. Neither has it entered the heart of men for them that love the Lord. And these things are revealed unto us by the Spirit of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. When you look at the life of Apostle Paul, one thing that you discover about him is that revelation was not a scarce commodity unto him. Okay? This guy talks about having been caught up in the third heavens. Of course, he's not, you, you know, you know, you know he's, using, he's using the first person singular when he says, I know a man in Christ. He's talking about himself. You know, this guy had reached a level of brokenness where it was so hard for him to make reference to himself. So he talks of him knowing a man in Christ, Jesus, whether in the body or in the flesh, he does not know. Can you imagine operating in, 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 in such a level where you, you're not so sure whether, whether in the body or in the flesh? You get what I'm saying? There was a time I remember I had this dream, if I may digress, I had this dream, and you know when I woke up, I was very unsure whether it, it was something that happened. It was, it was a dream about my siblings. And it was so vivid to the point where I actually believed that I had met my siblings. So I called one of them, and we started having a conversation, hoping that this sibling would tell me about that meeting we had in my house. So I, I began to wonder, why is it that this guy is talking about other things and I'm trying to, you know, kind of trigger him to just share about the conversation. Then I realized, okay, it was actually a dream, you know. Yet, actually, the dream itself looked as though we had actually met. But the truth is, we had not met. All right? So I was a bit, so, so I was a bit confused. So that's when I remembered what Paul says that, you know, he was not so sure whether he was in the body or whether he, or whether he, was, whether he was in the spirit. Now, dreams are also a realm of revelation. Okay? So you see, Paul says that he was caught up into the third heavens, which is paradise, whereby he saw certain things and he had certain things that was forbidden for him to utter. Hello? 
You know, friends, what Paul experienced is not something which is, or rather has, has only happened to him alone. This is something that is supposed to be a normative thing for people who live a life of consecration. Where God can reveal things to you and the revelation is so high. Or if I may use the, the, you, you know, the, the words of the King James Version, very, very lofty for you to be able even to talk about. Because there are certain truths about God that even your own tongue may find very hard to utter. Why? Because you're short of human language to even speak about them. In other words, Whatever God reveals to you is only meant for you. Number one, it's meant for you to apply in your life. Number two, it is also meant for you to pray about it. Because sometimes, you know, there are things that God reveals to us. But, but because of the fact that we are very excited with the, with the various fragments of revelation we receive, we want to go telling everybody, listen here, church. There are things that we don't go sharing everywhere. Even about yourself. Now, thank God if you, if you dream a lot. Let me tell you, dreaming is just one of those rudiments of revelation. If you're just a dreamer alone, that's good. But my friends, there's much more than dreaming. There's walking in the realms of visions, having a trance, an apparition. I know those are things that, that is Greek to some of you. Okay. You know, for some of us, we really don't mind about what God takes us to because at the end of the day, you know, walking in the realm of visions and trances does not make you more holy than every other person. It's just a privilege. It's just a privilege. There are some things that when God tells you, you don't go uttering around. You don't go telling people that God has called you to be the next governor of Nairobi in, 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 in 25 years from now. The moment you begin to open that mouth, you're basically exposing yourself to demonic attacks. Ask Joseph. Joseph gets two dreams, and the teenager goes telling his father, his mother, and his siblings, bragging. And then the Lord said, The guy went through a school known as process. Because, you see, you see Joseph did not have character formation in his life. That is why the Lord had to use his own brothers to sell him to, uh, to, to, to Potiphar. He was sold as a slave. And then when he thought that things were done, he had to go through another, another training for his masters. And the examiner was, was Potiphar's wife. And then thereafter, he actually found himself doing his PhD in prison. And then while he was in prison, what happened was that uh, he, thought he, he thought that he had actually done his dissertation right. So as he was presenting his, his dissertation to the two, uh, two officials of Pharaoh, one of them realized that there was something wrong. So he had to stay for another two years of doing his dissertation. Two more years. By the time he's being called, for his graduation, he didn't even know it was his graduation when he was called before, before Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the chancellor. He didn't even know he was actually going to graduate. Now here he is, he's actually interpreting a dream for Pharaoh, hoping that Pharaoh will allow him 
to be released so that he may go back to his people. Only for him to realize, by the way, yes, you're going to, you're going to graduate, but it's not going to be a way. You're going to graduate, and I'm immediately dispatching you to the gate of government. Just like that. That is when he realized that God had greater things for him. And by then, you know, he was no longer walking in bitterness. If, you, if Joseph was like some of you people, and your brothers did the things that they have done to you, you'd now say, let me show these people. Watch and you that I'm the one in charge. And that's why, that's why, let me tell you, friends, God in his infinite wisdom will, will ensure that he doesn't reveal some things to you because of your level of immaturity. Yes, you speak in tongues, but you're immature. You speak in tongues, yes, but you're very mature. God has to deal with you, make sure that every dross of bitterness and unforgiveness and pride is rooted out in your life before he can allow those that appeared to have taunted you to come and bow before you. I'm telling you. There are things God will never expose to, uh, to, to you, especially when you are at the level that you're in. You're saying that you want to be used of God, my friend. It's good to desire to be used of God, but you do not understand the price. If you knew what, what it means to be used of God, my friend, you'll humble yourself. You get what I'm saying? Now, one thing, it, 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 we read in Scripture Paul telling the Corinthians that he thanks God that he speaks in tongues much more than them. He was not bragging. You know, he looked at these guys and in as much as they were operating in all the nine gifts of the Spirit, one of them speaking in diverse tongues and interpretation of tongues, he discovered that these guys were abusing the gifts of the Spirit. You can be so gifted and yet you don't even know how to make good use of the gifts. And the reason why there's the abuse of the gifts of the Spirit of God it's, it's the, the, in, in, in the body of Christ is because people do not submit to the same, same spirit. Uh-huh. Because the same spirit expects you to submit to him. Yes. Now, Paul was not just speaking in tongues more than every other person for the sake of it. Uh-huh. Paul spoke in tongues more than every other person during his time because for him, tongues was a gateway to the abundance of revelation. We don't just speak in tongues for the sake of it, friends. We speak in tongues because it's supposed to serve as a gateway for us to have access to revelation. Now, do we get revelation to brag? No. Huh? Do we get tongues? Do, do, do we speak in tongues so that we may so that so that people may know that we are very spiritual? That is not what I'm talking about, friends. It is revelation that is supposed to help you live a godly life. It is revelation that is supposed to enable you to be fruitful in your life as a believer. It is revelation that will, that will enable you to become useful to your generation. Yes. If revelation is only supposed to suffice for me as a person, then I've known there is no reason as to why I'm bishop. Hey. I'd rather resign as bishop. Mm. The revelation that God gives me, more so when I make good use of, 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 of the gateway of tongues, should cause me to be able to be a good believer, should enable me to function 
in my capacity as presiding clergy, making sure that I take care of each and every member of the congregation. That's why, you know, friends, I can have a conversation with you and you think, well, Bishop is just having a conversation with you. But let me tell you something about me. Uh -huh. I can know so much about you, but I'll never tell you that I know so much about you. Because, you know, at my level, I know that if I expose certain things about yourself to you by word of knowledge, I will scare you. So rather than scare you, I will have just a conversation. So that even as you try to lie to me that things are fine, like some of you lie to me, and I know things are not fine, I will tag along. But I'll find a way of helping you. Because you see, word of knowledge is not supposed to just to be used anyhowly. Mm -hmm. Because word of knowledge can destroy. And a lot of people in the prophetic ministry have destroyed lives of people by the muses of the gift of word of knowledge. Mm. I belong to the school of thought that says that the gift of word of knowledge should operate with the gift of word of wisdom. Because word of wisdom, what it does is that it will preserve the posture of whoever that receives word of knowledge. It will even reserve the posture of the person who is dispensing word of knowledge. Okay? When you operate in revelation, friends, especially when God allows you to walk or rather to operate in, to, 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 to operate in speaking in tongues, revelation is supposed to be redemptive. Revelation is not supposed to be about judgment. Because the spirit of revelation is the spirit of Christ. And Christ is a redemptive person. Prophecy is not judgmental. Prophecy is redemptive. Centering on the vicarious work of Christ. That is what good prophecy is all about. Prophecy is not me revealing to you your phone number. Okay? Someone has tampered with my mic. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I'm trying to hear myself. I'm trying to hear myself. Okay. I think we are back. I don't know what happened. Prophecy is not telling people about the number of women they are fooling around with. That is not prophecy. Yes, it could be revelation, which is true, but, but that does not mean you're prophesying. Uh -huh. huh? Yeah. Prophecy is not interpreting tongues. Uh -huh. The lapel has gone down. Who the hell has played around the lapel? Is it you, Jerry? Yeah, you know I'll put you on the spot. Okay. Um, prophecy is not telling somebody that I see a container at the port of Mombasa. There's a bicycle from Dubai that has been dispatched for you to receive as your breakthrough. I see a bicycle. If you may sow a seed in this hand, who label kusi, ee, ee, li, li, li. 
panda mbegu. This bicycle from Dubai, you're getting a Dubai anointing. Oh God. Mm. You'll be riding on the streets of Dubai. Mm. That container, it only has your bicycle, your bicycle. A container having only a bicycle, imagine. That's not prophecy. Okay? Now, let me say this. There is nothing in the New Testament that uh, a believer wants to know that he cannot know. Is that too hard for you? There is nothing in the New Testament that you and I want to know that you cannot know. In the Old Testament, Jesus hid himself. He hid in the, he, you, you know, he revealed himself in types and shadows. But in the New Testament, there is no shadow. Are we together? Jesus does not operate in the revelation of typology in the New Testament. He comes himself as the full and final revelation of God. Because he's the image of the invisible God. And because of that, when we are in Christ Jesus, you see, the Bible says that God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's what we read in the epistle of First Peter. Yes. But at the same time, understand that there are things that you and I would like to know that we cannot, we cannot fail to know. Okay? Yes. Let me tell you, it is possible for you to see and know anything that you want to see in the spiritual realm. It is very possible. Christ told the disciples everything they wanted to know. If you look at the conversations that Jesus Christ had in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you discover that the conversation was all about the disciples finding out from Christ the things they wanted to know. And you know what? Our Lord told them the things that they needed to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus did not brush them aside. Yes, that's right. But you know, it is so funny that despite the fact that Jesus Christ tried to disclose to them things, these guys, they had a lot of unbelief. They were full of doubt. And that is the same thing that we face today. That despite the fact that God has given us the opportunities to know things, even by his spirit... What happens is we are faithless. We operate in doubt and unbelief. We can't even believe God even for the very basic things. And yet you want to, know, to, to hear God for bigger things. Now, if you cannot believe God for very basic things, just basic things. What are these basic things? Matters of provision. Do you know provision is a very basic thing? Or you want to tell me that provision is, is, such, a, is, is such a humongous thing that you need to really go into fasting and prayer? My friend, you're joking. People are fasting for souls and you're fasting for basic provision. You're joking. Bishop, you don't know what I've gone through. Of course I do. I'm 51 and you're not. <laughs> By the time you get to this age, you've seen it all. That's why I don't compete with the people who are in their 30s. Hmm? Because where you are, I passed there years ago. There are other things I'm trusting God for, which are much more than provision. Provision, provision. 
Yeah, provision is necessary. But my friend, there is much more in life than provision. You are trusting God for provision and I'm trusting God for souls. I have people in my extended family that are believing God for their salvation. Here you are, you're trusting God for basic provision. You are joking. Hmm? You have a neighbor who's not born again, but you're too proud and full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of the Holy Ghost, not full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of the Holy Ghost until your voice has even changed. That when your neighbor looks at you, they can only just see one who is just an, a perfected actor. Your neighbor can hear you praying in the Holy Ghost. But your neighbor knows that you are a proud person who is full of himself or herself, does not even care. You know, we need to be born again. We seriously need to be born again. You know, Pentecostals are very interesting people. They are very noisy when it comes to prayer, but they are very weak when it comes to the cross. Pentecostals, they are very much, they are very good at, 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 at talking about power. But when it comes to the ministry of the word of God, Pentecostals are pathetic. Hmm? You know, we need a balance, huh? We need a balance of everything. Okay. Let me tell you, friends, it is possible for you and I in the New Testament to know some of the things that we think are not known. And how do I know that? Jesus Christ tells the, 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 the apostles that the Holy Ghost will guide them into all mysteries. In other words, he'll, he'll, he, will, he will lead them into all truth. Now, we must be very careful when you're we when we talking about being led into all truth. You see, God will never reveal to you the things that are not meant for you. You know, we need a balance. There are things that God can reveal to me that pertain to my consecration. Insofar as my prophetic purpose is concerned. Anything outside of that, God will never reveal. Are Are we together, church? That means you must understand what kind of consecration has God called you into. Because your consecration is pertaining to your purpose. That means anything outside of that does not belong to you. It is not within your province. Yes. The challenge with a lot of Christians is that we, we want to figure out what is happening and what, what, what is to happen in other people's lives uh-huh. rather than our own lives. Hey. We want to get things that are not supposed to concern us. Okay? You get what I'm saying, friends? Watch out, watch out, watch out. Hey. Please be very careful when you're walking. You get what I'm saying? Those who are watching, you didn't see anything. We don't want accidents here of children. There are things that God will never reveal to you, even about this country, much as in Kenya. Because at your level, you don't have capacity to handle. What you know about Kenya by revelation is a fragment. Meaning it is so limited even to affect anything. But the problem with a lot of prayer warriors, and I'm going to talk about tongues of intercession in a few. A lot of prayer warriors are so puffed up with pride. They believe they know everything. 
okay? They believe that whatever God has revealed to them is the counsel of God. And that if you do not submit to their counsel, then you are of the devil. And they will do everything they can to break a church because of the fragment that they have received. Like, for instance, God shows you in a vision that there's going to be doom in Kenya. So you begin running all over the country saying that this is what God has said. God is very angry with pastors. Pastors need to repent. And any pastor who does not submit in, to, 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 to this word, that pastor is in the kingdom of darkness. That is witchcraft. A person who dispenses such a revelation is a sorcerer. Or what do you think sorcery is? Sorcery is not just limited to carrying charms and amulets. Sorcery is when you come up with a fragment of insight and you twist it uh-huh. to bend to suit your own purpose. Other than the purpose of God. That is sorcery. Sorcery is manipulation and control. Hey. Okay? Yes. So there are things that you must know that God wants you to know. But there are some things that are not meant for you. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, let me, let me break it down. I'm trying to be slow today because I really want people to understand what I'm saying. Now, marriage is between a man and a woman who are consenting adults, isn't it? Marriage is not between a man and a woman and a third person. And the Bible says, whatsoever God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Now, understand this, friends. Because marriage is between a man and a woman who are consenting adults, there are certain things about a marital union that God will never allow any other person to know. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And I want to address those who are married. And listen to me very carefully. Your marriage is your domain. It is your territory. And that union, to the degree that you stay together as husband and wife, any revelation that does not agree with what the counsel of God concerning marriage and specifically the counsel of God that has to do with what he spoke concerning the two of you, you, are, you do not have any business running with that counsel. Are you getting what I'm saying, married men and married women? Yes. If someone comes to the revelation and tells you that, you know what? Your husband submits to a very, very wicked altar. Your husband comes from this generation of forefathers who did A, B, C, D. We need to pray. My friend, run away from that person because that is not biblical counsel. Hey. Married people, you understand what I'm saying? It is very wrong for somebody to come and tell you something about your spouse and you become foolish enough to believe. Any spouse who believes any word that is contrary to what has been spoken about his or her partner becomes a sorcerer. Bishop, what are you saying? Yes, I've said what I've said. Because you're basically working in cahoots with someone who's not part of that union to destroy your union. All in the name of a revelation. Uh-huh. That is not how the Spirit of God operates. He does not. 
The spirit of God is a spirit of order. Mm. Now, I don't care how your spouse is. Okay? Many people are hearing what I'm saying. Your spouse may be everything you might say, but at the end of the day, so long as you exchange vows with your spouse, my friend, that man, that woman is your partner. Uh-huh. And the only person who is supposed to be the third party is God. Yes. Not man. For instance, what a man and a woman do on their matrimonial bed is not the business of any other person. Come on. That I got a revelation <laughs> that uh, how you people engage intimately, there's something wrong with it. Who only Uchawi? Run away completely, shut that person. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you. Okay, let me, let me even put it this way. Maybe this person could be saying the truth. Maybe. And I'm using the word the truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? The truth. In other words, it's not the absolute truth, it is the truth. In other words, it is stolen information. Okay, there's a mystery that has been stolen by Satan, and Satan has twisted it, Satan has corrupted it such that now by the time when it is shared to you, it is no longer truth. It is venomous information. That this outsider who claims to be a prophet or a prophetess tells you that I have received this truth, that something is wrong with the, how you people are engaging. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with your husband and so on and so forth. It could be that you are aware of it. But listen, and listen to me carefully. The fact that someone else has shared with you something that he or she purports to know does not make it truthful. Come on, come on. Do you know why? It's because the moment any other person other than your spouse share such kind of information. Do you know what will well inside of you? Hate for your spouse? Contempt? Because at the end of the day, so what if someone is sharing something about your spouse that you know? If that piece of information is not building you, if that piece of information is turning you against your husband or your wife, tell me, is that good counsel? It is not good counsel. It is wicked counsel. And you know, many spouses have destroyed their marriages because of getting information from wrong causes. Sources, rather. Because what I know about God, and I want you to listen to me, spouses. I don't know why I'm talking about spouses. God in heaven. Why? Why? Whatever it is. Things about the matrimonial bed God does not reveal to anybody. Wives, listen to me. What goes on between you and your husband cannot be disclosed to any other person. Wives, have you heard what I've said? Yes. Husbands, listen to me. What goes on between you and your wife cannot be disclosed by any other person purporting to be a prophet. 
matters of the matrimonial bed is matters between a man and a woman. Are you getting me? At my level as bishop, even if, let's say, by virtue of my authority, the Spirit of God discloses to me something about a couple, guess what? Especially in that sector, I will not get involved. Do you know I'll not get involved? Number one, it's not my business. And number two, and I've told this to married couples, I will never get into your private matters unless you invite me. If you don't invite me, it is your business. Do you know it's your business? Because God knows very well that you have what it takes to sort it out. As a minister, my role is to occupy my priestly position of intercession. Yeah. The only time I, 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 I pervade matters of the married is when their issues interfere with the community. Or if I start hearing that the issues is interfering with society, that one, I'll, I'll, I'll come in. I'll say, hey, now you know this thing your people have is interfering with us. So you've made it our business. But to the, to the degree that it's not our business, we'll not get involved. Okay? So there's no such a thing as I've gotten a revelation about your marriage. Mm -mm. If, and if at all you get revelation about people's marriages, my friend, go pray about it. Don't go sharing. If you feel you want to share, you bring it over to me. And you know, with me, I know what to do. When you give me a revelation about a, a, a married old couple, I will not be very quick to act on it. I'll check with God and find out from God what exactly is all this thing. Is it from Sakikos or whether it is from the Spirit of God? And if it's from the Spirit of God, I will ask the Spirit of God to sort it out by himself. So that we do not have people's homes being broken. Okay? That is how the Spirit of God operates, friends. All right? The Spirit of God is able to teach us all things. Even matters about your marriage, my friend, who you is married, the Spirit of God is able to teach you all things. Oh, yes. Matters about your career, the Spirit of God is able to teach you all things. He is able to. He is God, the Holy Spirit. I mean, the fact that you are pursuing a career, you want to tell me that, that God, the Holy Spirit, cannot teach you? He can teach you. He can teach you. The challenge is we have limited God. We think that God is only found when we come here on, on Sundays. When we go home, we, we, we lean on our own understanding. You apply your skill, your knowledge, and everything into your career, and it's not working. You wonder why does your boss hate you? The problem is not your boss. The problem is you. You're operating on a principle that does not, does not agree with your consecrations. So because you're not working correspondent with your consecration, what happens is the purpose of God in you begins to militate against everything that is skillful about you. And what happens is your boss begins to see you as a problem. It's true. You must understand what, what has God called you to. And what exactly is it that he has disclosed to you by a revelation. Okay? And that is why, friends, whenever we pray in tongues, we are not just praying for the sake of praying. We are praying because it is a gateway into the super, super abundance of revelation. It is revelation, friends, where the Spirit of God teaches us all things. Yeah. Now, all things does not mean everything. Uh -huh. 
Being taught all things does not mean you'll be taught everything. Because if you are to know everything, then you and I will become gods. And God, you know, God will ensure that no any other person will be God except himself. He's a jealous God and he'll never share his glory with any other person. That's why I told you, there are things about people that God will never allow us to know. Hmm? It's true. Even what I know about people, whether it is by a word of knowledge or whichever form, my friends, it is limited. Okay? It is limited. Now that is very much different from me sharing an opinion. Now one problem with members of infamy is this. Let me help some people here. If, if Papa shares with you an opinion about something, it is an opinion. It is what? An opinion. an opinion, meaning it is just a position or a perspective that is limited to information that Papa has about a matter or about a person. Uh-huh. It is not the whole counsel of God. Meaning the opinion could change. Okay? So if I have given an opinion about something, don't begin to jump and say, you know now, because Bishop has said this, it means we must change in our course. That is how some of you have ended up being frustrated in service. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you know very well that whatever you are pursuing is justifiable, why don't you argue your case? Eh? Infamy. Why don't you argue your case? You're just fearing, fearing. You know now, Bishop, you, you know, many of you operate in fear. No wonder you're prayerless. No wonder there's nothing good happening in your life because of fear. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that nothing good can happen. You see, fear is one thing that will stop breakthroughs in your life. The fear of men. Now, arguing your case does not mean that you become disrespectful. Do you know you can argue your case in a very respectful way? Until the same, same person who is disputing what you're saying gets to listen to you. There are very, very few people who argue their cases. You just coil and you go quiet. You know, there are times I have dreams whereby I see people arguing, arguing, arguing among themselves or at a personal level. And I'm wondering, okay, why couldn't this person just come forth? And you know, there are times I've tried even to find a way of speaking to people to open up. The more, you know, when you bring up a matter, no, 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 it's okay, Bishop, it's okay. And you can tell it's not okay. What the hell is wrong with people? Hmm? Because you think that bishop, whatever Bishop has shared as an opinion is super abundance revelation. Do you know that's where we get it wrong? Uh-huh. Yeah. There is time for revelation, but there is also time where we just talk by virtue of us being human beings. Okay? Mm. You know, I've been with some people in this church since 2020, 20, 20, let me say 2010, 2011, 2012, maybe even up to 2013, and some guys still fear the Bishop. I'm just tempted to mention names, but because we are doing a live stream, I'll not mention. And because I don't want anyone to feel that he, he or she is being put on the spot. You get what I'm saying? Revelation is different from opinion. It's very, very different. So I'm not talking about opinion. 
And it's not every opinion that someone in leadership shares that should be taken as absolute truth. Okay? Now, the balance is, in as much as it is not absolute truth, there is a way in which you can take a divergent view and do what? Argue your case. And that's what I like. Not this coiling business where you become a spiral and a self-constrictor. You constrict yourself, you constrict everything. Even all your ideas, you constrict them. My friend, you will die, and I'll bury you. <laughs> I want people to be free. The creativity you have should actually be shown. And don't allow anything, or even an opinion of man, to make you fall short of your creativity. My friend, I mean, be a courageous person, okay? When you come to church, you come to the house of God. You don't come to Bishop's house. Are we together, guys? When we pray in tongues, it is a super gateway to the realms of mysteries. Okay? Yes. Huh? Are we together? When you want to know something, you know there are certain times there are things that you'd want to know about a matter that you have no understanding over. You've prayed in understanding, you've quoted every scripture that you know. But after quoting scripture, you still feel that the burden is there. Like I told us in part one and part two, I believe, one of the ways of lifting burdens and be, being able to unlock mysteries is you go in tongues. Go in tongues for hours and hours and hours, my friend. You can even do four hours. Yeah. It's possible. Yes. But Bishop, it looks like my tongues are just a few words. Fine, continue speaking those few words. They will change. Yes. The problem is that you listen to your tongues with uh -huh. your mind. Yeah. When you speak in tongues, you don't speak to your mind. You speak mysteries not unto men, but unto God. Yeah. Because when you speak in tongues, the vibrations from your spirit man catch the, what, what happens is they, they, they are elevated into the frequency of the spirit of God. And the spirit of God, what, 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 he does, what, what he will do is that he will get hold of your tongues. And then he will take over. And you know when the spirit of God takes over, you even know that, that this is now not you. Uh -huh. he, he takes over and you begin to speak in a lingo that is not your own and you begin to feel that there is the presence of God in your life. Yes. Because the Spirit of God, what he's doing is he is now carrying you from the place of limitation and takes you to the realm of the heavenlies. Hey. Where you supplicate and bring your petition and intercession before the throne of the Father. And then God the Father will give you an answer within the same, same frequency of tongues by his own spirit. Yes. And, you know, and, and as you keep on, you begin to come to a place where you have the understanding about the tongues. You can tell that, by the way, I, my petitions have gone before the Father and the Father has given me a revelation. Mm -hmm. Such that now when you switch into the normal language of men, it is like you be, be making a decree. Yeah. Yeah. Your answer comes in form of a prophetic decree. We always want people to tell us what God is saying. That's why even good prophets have become false prophets. You're too lazy. You pray for five minutes and then you, you, you later on go to a certain shrine and you take 15,000 shillings to hear a word. What the hell is wrong with you? Who bewitched you? 
if you're truly born again, and my Bible tells me there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus. Why can't you go to Christ directly yes. by the Spirit of God? Mm. Even after you've exhausted all your prayer items in your own human lingo, go in tongues, my friends, until such a time when you get the answers. When you go to a man of God who is also full of the spirit, the man of God will confirm what you've heard from God. And maybe the man of God will now give you counsel as to how do you steer the move of God in your life. Yeah. And not a man of God will ask for a seed. Now you're, 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 told to, you're told to give a seed and the man of God gives you a scripture that you know. That that is the word of God. Hmm? No, I'm asking the question. You've taken 35,000 shillings of your savings. You've told your mind with all the degree you have, the two degrees, the three degrees, and every paper that you wrote, you take yourself to this person that you're planting a seed. And the person gives you a scripture. He opens the Bible, anyway, he says, now this is what the Lord is saying. Nafungua to Biblia. Why can't you open that? Why can't you do it at home for yourself? Okay, since you believe in that. No, I mean, you know, there are things that Christians do that are very interesting. You know, I get to hear people telling me things and I get so amused. If you bring me money, I will not pray for you. I will not give you, I will not tell you what God's word is. I will take the money and send you away. I'm just announcing, eh? <laughs> if you bring money, it is good. You bring money. But not so that I may give you a word, because I'll not tell you a word. If I have a word from the Lord, I will tell you that word without you giving me anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I cannot sell the anointing. No way. Yeah. And there are times, you know, people come to me and ask me, is the Lord saying something? And the truth of the matter is that I have a word, but when I look at the person, this person cannot receive it. So I keep quiet. Yes. You know, people come to me, Papa, has the Lord said anything? Is there something going wrong with me? In my heart, there are many things wrong with you. But in my mouth, ah, my daughter, my son, everything is fine. You're just doing well. But I know a lot which is wrong with you. Why? Because when I look at you, if I tell you what God is saying, you either will backslide, and I don't want you to lose the faith, or I do not want you to give up on life. So I have to find a way of managing you. Even pastors manage congregants. Hey, some of you guys are now wondering, so Bishop, this is what... <laughs> you know, some of you, I'm seeing your faces and you're saying, Aki Bishop, surely. Let me tell you, if I tell you, you'll give up. So because of your soul, because I love you so much, I do not want you to, lose, to give up on yourself. There are things I cannot tell you. And you know, the good thing about that is that I have seen some of you sort out your matters without even me getting involved. Mm? 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 One, of, uh, one of my spiritual sons shared with me something about um, his marriage. I, I circumvented in my response. I didn't want to be direct. 
and I encouraged him to pray more. Then months later when he came and he shared with me what God had told him, which is the same thing God had told me, and the wisdom he had applied. And I just rejoiced with him, and he didn't know that I knew. Because if I, made, if, if, if I had disclosed to him what I know, he would even avoid me. He'd see me there and he'd take that direction. And I don't want us to run a church as though I am the chief sorcerer here, chief diviner. <laughs> hmm? eh? Diviner fellowship ministries. I can't do that. I have to take you slowly by slowly. You get what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. So God wants us to come to the place whereby when you operate in revelation, he wants us to know certain things. Certain things that will preserve us. But remember I said, all things is not the same as everything. All things basically consist of the things that you need to know as concerning your consecration in relation to your purpose. Not everything. So that whatever God has not revealed to you, just know it was never meant for you. Okay? If you are a single and you are trusting God for marriage and maybe you thought that the lady whom you dreamt about Hallelujah. Yeah, for those of you who speak in tongues, yes. or rather for those of you who don't speak in tongues, don't worry. I'm just... Uh... You see, you had a dream as a man, and God showed you this lady. And then you encouraged yourself, he that findeth a wife... <laughs> findeth a good thing from the Lord and he shall obtain favor from the Lord. You have quoted the word of God. Okay? You've quoted the word of God, isn't it? But that word may not be applicable to what you dreamt. So you had that dream about this girl and then you went and you approached this girl. And the girl tells you, no, I don't see you that way. <laughs> don't become mad with God. Mark you, you prayed in tongues. Eh? Uh-huh. You prayed in tongues. And then in the process of praying in tongues, you had this dream and you say, ah, Bishop talked about tongues of revelation. Hallelujah, this is the one. And then immediately a scripture dropped into your heart. He that findeth a wife find out a good thing from the Lord. She is the one. And you carry your two legs. And you walk to her and you begin to say hello to her. My friend, even before, you be, even before your prophecy is, uh, is over, she'll just say no. And if a girl says no, it is no. Whether you, you saw her in the dream, whether you had a divine thought about her, Now listen here. She says no. You've tried several times and then you begin to think that maybe God lied to you. God did not lie to you. That girl was not part of the things that you are supposed to know. 
And then, you know, th- that scripture that, that, that dropped in your spirit, man, he that findeth that good wife, was not referring to her. You only found a lady, not a wife. Singles, are you hearing me? You found a lady. A very wonderful sister in the Lord. Daughter of Zion. Hmm? Hmm? A beauty of her generation. You see, that scripture that dropped in your spirit came from God, isn't it? But God was telling you, he that findeth, all you've found, or, or rather all, all, all you've come across is a wonderful lady, but you've not found a wife in her. Somebody else is to find a wife in her. So continue on. So the tongues that... And that, and that <laughs> let me tell you something about tongues. You know, sometimes you can pray in tongues and think that you've had God, but you don't know. The Spirit of God has used your tongues to pray, not according to what your heart desire wants, according to the desires of God. Uh-huh. I, I hope I'm answering questions as to why after laboring so much in tongues, things are not going the way you want. Yes, they are not going the way you want because where would you kusikiza mungu? And the reason why you don't know how to hear God is because your heart has got selfish desires. Deal with those desires. When you go before God, empty your heart of every desire. Just go to him without anything. Let God pour his desires into you. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 37, verse, uh, should be verse what? Verse 3 or verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he shall grant thee the desires of your heart. Many think that it is your own selfish desires. Let me tell you, the desires of your heart are actually God's desires. When you delight in the Lord, you'll delight in his ways and his desires. You cannot delight in the Lord when you also have your delight in other things. That is being a person who is double-minded. When you delight in the Lord, it means you have forsaken everything else. You want to delight in him. You want to know his ways. You want God's desires to be your desires. To the point whereby, when God shows you what he desires for you, it automatically becomes your own. But we have limited ourselves to the level where we are sensual. We want our own desires, and then we tell the Lord, we, you know, rubber stamp this thing that I have come across with. This is the lady, and you've given me this scripture. She's the beauty of her generation. So God, you know, I want her. So bless it. And you think God is going to be macromanaged? He'll give you the answer in tongues. And because you do not even understand your tongues, (laughs) what you don't know is God is telling you something else different. That the girl that you're supposed to get married to is a Congolese. We are upon number Rambe Kelele Mokosi, Ilili Mande, Karabakosi, Telele Mandolo Mokuzi, Ketera, Mili Mazaya, Makandele Bozia, Delight in the Lord, Riketere Mosinda, Lalamatondola, Makazi Keterele Mosia. Yes, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
thank you, Lord, you've shown me Jennifer. Thank you for Sister Jennifer. Yeah, indeed, she's a very good daughter, blah, blah, blah. Yes, she is good. You think it is Jennifer. Why do you want to take what belongs to another man? And then, and then when somebody else begins to speak to Jennifer, Jennifer gravitates towards him. And then you start feeling bad that he's taken my own. You start hating on that brother. And then you begin to, you begin to say, I've been praying, I've been fasting, as if your prayers and fasting can do everything. Says who? If your prayer and fasting is everything to go by, then why don't you ask Isao? Isao labored outside in the field. Looking for some wild, wild game meat. Yeah. What is how forgot was that he had a brother who was at home. Jacob. Jacob had everything. everything. Jacob had cows, sheep, goat, and everything. Is how, how do you go looking for an animal out there where yet you've got animals at home? And then the problem with, 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 with Isao is that he was not close to his mother. The mother knew this one cannot be the one to carry the, 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 the blessing of the firstborn. I carried this one in, 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 for nine months in my womb. I will not allow this one to mess things up. That's why it's good to listen to mothers. Huh? Mothers are very good. Mothers, mothers know. Men, your wives understand what, what you've deposited in them. Mm. And mothers, please be very careful. Don't be carried away by what Rebecca did. <laughs> mothers are looking at me and they're wondering, now, Bishop, are you contradicting yourself? No, I'm not. Hmm? You get what I'm saying? Hmm? What are tongues of intercession? According to the Amplified Version, this is Romans chapter 8, verse 26, 27. This is the Amplified Version. It says, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses. For we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplications and pleads on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. That is, that is Romans chapter 8 from verse 26, 27. I was reading from the Amplified Version. Now, what does intercession mean? Intercession basically means standing in the gap. Yes. Hmm? You stand in the gap or you plead on behalf of another. That is intercession. Yes. Intercession does not mean that you're praying for yourself. <laughs> praying for yourself is not intercession. When you are interceding, you are pleading on behalf of another. It could be a person, it could be a church community such as this, it could be also a country such as ours of Kenya, it could be a particular nation, it could be whichever. It could even be on, on behalf of your workplace, on behalf of your boss. Okay? Now, beloved, you only activate tongues of intercession when you place someone in your heart to intercede for. And you depend on the Holy Spirit to pray through you for that person or for those people. If I have a burden, you know, intercession basically means you 
having a burden for a person, having a burden for a church, having a burden for your office, having a burden for your extended family, having a burden for the president of this country, having a burden, you know, for even the nations of the world. Okay? Uh-huh. Having a burden for the military. Uh-huh. Hmm? Until you have a burden, my friend, you can't intercede. And the problem with a lot of believers is that we don't, have, we, we don't like to carry burdens for people. We are so selfish. Our prayers are very selfish. Hey. Mm. Me, my wife, my kid, my dad, my mom. And then you go into tongues and you convince yourself that you're now doing tongues of intercession. My friend, you're lying. You must have, you know, you, you must come to the place whereby you, 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 you place people in your hearts. Okay? Yes. If you're married, make sure your spouse is in your heart. Have that burden for your spouse instead of complaining. If it is your children, make them your burden. Yes. If it is your church, instead of being critical about everything that is going on in church, why don't you intercede? Maybe God probably has given you the solution. Uh-huh. Stop being carnal. Hey. Huh? Stop being carnal. If it is the nation such as Kenya, don't join other Kenyans in whining and complaining about the government just because Kenya Kwanzaa is in government and you're Azimio, my friend, whether you like it or not, Azimio lost the elections. Do you know why I say they lost? That is what the IEBC said. Are you the IEBC? So you've made yourself, so, so, so here you are, you, you, you want to pray against the government, that you have a burden, that you want Azimio. Let me tell you, they are not coming. They're not coming to power until, until after five years is over. So relax, my friend. Ruto is our president. And, the, and I know the Bible is very, very, very clear. You must make sure you pray and be subject to the authority of the land, isn't it? Yes. That's the that's Bible. It doesn't matter whether you like him or not. It doesn't matter whether you like Governor Sagaja or not. He is the governor. We have to pray for him because, my friend, at the end of the day, the decisions he makes will affect you and I. So don't be wicked. Don't be in forums whereby you speak against the government. You're speaking against yourself. I'm telling you. Leave politicians to do whatever they're supposed to do, but let you and I, let us be priests. Let us be a people who are priests. In the New yeah. Testament, every one of us is, is called to the priesthood of Christ. Yeah. Intercede. He said that everything about the government is right. No. But at the end of the day, my friends, we pray for them. Yes. And we support them in every way possible. How do you support the government? By ensuring that you also obey the laws. Yeah. You, don't break, you, don't break, you, you, you don't break traffic rules and every other kind of thing, and then, and then you're busy interceding. Hmm? You eat bananas and you throw, you throw the pills on the streets. And then what kind of intercession are you making when, you, when you're identifying the streets of Nairobi? My friend, there's no difference between you and a, and, 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 and a street boy. Yeah, we have to say it as it is. You're blaming the city, uh, the, 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 the county government of Nairobi. But you're the one who litters everywhere. And you call yourself a believer. Which believer? You are wicked. Very wicked. There is no difference between you and a street child. 
You see, for a street child, we can excuse because he or she has not been taught. But you that knows the right thing to do, you're doing that which is wrong. And then you come to church, you are holy. Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. I have a burden for the city of Nairobi. Then when you come out of here, you buy sweets and then you throw that up on the streets. My friend, something is wrong with you. When you have a burden for someone, number one, you'll not hate that person. Number two, you'll never talk ill of that person. Number three, you will love that person to the point that you will be interested in what that person likes and whatsoever that person dislikes, you will never perpetuate it. So that when you're praying, you're praying in line with what you know about that person. You get what I'm saying, guys? That is when tongues of intercession will be activated. You want to be an intercessor, how can you be an intercessor and yet you hate your church? After you sit down with a few brethren and you tear down the leadership of the church in a house, you talk and talk and talk, and then after you're through with talking, you know now we need to pray for bishop. My friend, what kind of prayers are you making? That is witchcraft. If you love your church, my friends, number one, you'll not talk ill of your church. You'll not talk ill of the leadership. You'll not wash the dirty linens of a ministry such as this in public. Number three, you will love the things and you'll be passionate about the things that bishop and the leadership are passionate over. And even where you see there's a problem, you'll ask the Lord to give you insight. How can I help this matter to be fixed? That is what intercession is all about. If you love this country, my friends, you'll not criticize the government. God can never entrust you with intercession if you don't have a burden for Kenya. When you talk ill of President Ruto, when you talk ill of his cabinet or secretaries, and, and you see, listen here, friends, some of the things that you could be talking about could be true. It's not that what you're saying is lies. Huh? Huh? Are, are we together? But let me take it further. It is only truth to you to the degree that you've read it in the media, not because you know anything. Because you rely so much on the media, even though the media is lying. Hello, those of you who love Twitter. You believe everything on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of things that, are, that is on Twitter is, is just false. Hmm? If you love this country, my friends, you will, you will be less critical and you'll be more prayerful. And you know, because you are a kind of a person who has a passion for the government, God will reveal to you certain things about His Excellency, the President, about the First Lady, about the Cabinet Secretaries, about the Judiciary, the, you know, because He knows He can trust you. Yeah. Yeah. And He can rely on you in matters of intercession. Yeah. So that whatever comes forth from the wells, or rather from your mouth, will, will, will be something that will spring forth from the wells of your spirit, man. Not from your mind. You, do, you don't intercede from here. You intercede from here. Intercession is not from here. If it is about someone that you see is a member of the church community and you call your friend. And, 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 and you know this is the place where I think Christians, we fail. You say you're someone's best friend. And then you get to hear or you discover something that is not good about that person. And you go and share it with everybody. You begin to say that 
God told you. The truth is that you had it being gossiped somewhere. God did not tell you anything. That I had a dream. It was not a dream. You had people talking about it and immediately you remembered that you had a dream. Now, how can God give you the burden? There are things God will reveal to us about people. Not so that we may talk about it, so that we may pray for them. And love them. I have seen people who've been in the most worst of all situations turn out to be good. I'm telling you. You know, there are people in this community, if it was about giving up on them, I would have given up on them. And some of the people who have been involved in the worst of all messes are the ones who have turned out to be good. Yeah. Sometimes even much better than even those who pretend that they have got nothing. Hey. I'm telling you, church. Oh, so you think you do not have anything. Let me tell you, the difference between matters that concern your friend whose issues have been revealed and you is that yours have not been known. Because the day when people discover yours, even the person whose matters were known that you even took part in spreading will even be shocked. I've discovered friends, never give up on people. You get what I'm saying, infamy? Yes. Never give up. Because friends, if, if I was to give up, if I was to give up on people, I don't really think a lot of you would even be here. That's because you know, I have X-Files of a lot of people in church here. Maybe the very, the, those who are still visiting, I may not know much about it. But for, for those of you who have been around for some time, I have X-Files. But guess what, friends? It is not my business to refer to the X-Files of someone's past. Uh-huh. And when I look at you, I don't look at you based on the past. Uh-uh. I look at you in Christ. Your past is not important. How does it even help me? How does it even help a ministry such as this? It doesn't. In any case, so what if I told you have a past? So what? So what? It doesn't help this ministry. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help you. I would rather partner with what God is saying about you. And because I love you beyond everything else, I will pass the veil of visibility and go into the holy place. And make you become a prayer item. Uh-huh. And while I make you a prayer item, I'll still be fellowshipping with you. Yes. Until I see the city of Jerusalem established in your heart. Because I discovered something. The people that the devil targets are people who are gifted, people who are talented, people who have abilities, people who are called for exploits. And the coming move of God that we are about to be ushered into, the revival that we are about to be ushered into, is a revival for those who have been forgotten. Those who have been rejected. Those whom society have looked down upon. So if I told you are the kind of person who feels that maybe people do not care about you and so on, I have news for you. When revival comes, you'll be among those that God will use. I'm telling you. People have no testimony. People whom family has rejected because of the abortions they have committed. Those are the people God is interested in. People who have been drinking the, you know, in and out. 
People, you know, you know those who struggle in habitual sins, when revival comes, because of the fact that you have got nothing else to live for, God, we can trust you. God would rather trust you that has nothing else to, th- to live for and to think about than someone who is concerned about his or her reputation. And that means a person who's concerned about his or her reputation cannot be trusted with burdens. You can never even be operating in the ministry of intercession. So if you want to be an intercessor, you must put aside your reputation and begin to take the burdens of people who have got nobody else to think about. Because God wants us to come to the place whereby we can clothe people with the garment of love. Where we can learn to cover people. The Bible says love covereth a multitude of sins. The challenge with the, in the body of Christ is that when people sin, what happens is we broadcast it. It's true. Now, I'm not talking about people who left church badly and they are blaming the leadership left. You see, for those ones who have done that, you know there's nothing much you can do. The best you can only do is to pray for them. And by the way, some of them are in touch with me. Just, you know. So while you're busy talking badly about them, Papa is busy having conversation with them over a cup of coffee. So if you see some of them come to church, don't start looking at them in a funny way. These are the people who are stopping the mighty move of God. You're the one who's stopping the mighty move of God. You're looking at them. Does Bishop even know? I think somebody needs to tell Bishop that this person has come. My friend, they will come. And when they come, my friend, leave them alone. If there's, a person, if there's one person who's stopping the move of God, it's you. So leave people alone. Because, you know, people are at different levels of faith. Leave people alone. Okay? You that is still new, my friend, you did not come because of anybody. God brought you here. So don't compare yourself with people who have been around. Run your race. Pursue God. Don't pursue men. Men will let you down. Pursue God. If you don't know how to pray, hang around those that love to pray. If you're not filled by the Spirit of God with the outward evidence of speaking in tongues, hang around those who do this thing. Let me tell you, it, this thing is contagious, but it all depends on the posture of your heart. But if you come to church on a Sunday service and you're just like this, you can't even move. Yes. The high and lofty one who inhabit eternity, his name is holy, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. <laughs> you know, I usually watch, let me tell you, I, do, I normally watch the live stream and there, you know there are times I have a very good moment. I always have a gobanga moment in my house. Because I'm, I'm just seeing how people are behaving. When people are yawning, you can see them yawning. Yeah. <laughs> because the cameras are picking. Mm? 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 At least I liked the last stream whereby Mushine was busy having a good time with kids here. That was really good. But some of you, the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, his name is Holy. <laughs> hmm? And then when people switch in tongues, they're so confused. 
You know how people, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know whether it is religion. Those of, those of you came from religious circles, tell me, is it that culture of, of quiet, do you normally have quiet time during the service? When people are in tongues, then when people switch in understanding, if you don't speak in tongues, just pray in English. Or the best thing you can do, pick your Bible. This is what I tell for people, especially those who are beginners. Pick the Bible, open, just open the Psalms, their prayers there. Just begin to read them loudly and memorize them. A time will come whereby this thing will be internalized in you. But don't just zuba tu na zuba tu na angalia tu watu tu. You feel like scratching your neck and there's nothing here. As though, as though when you scratch your neck, that's when revelation will be released. Hmm? Okay? And then you do this. The high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. His name is Holy. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even have a burden for anybody. Intercession is when you have burdens. Okay? Okay? You get what I'm saying, guys? Uh-huh. Hmm? You must have a burden. Hmm? I should not be critical of Diana because of the time when she joined infamy. I should see her as a child of God. She may not be where I am in matters of faith, but she's a child of God. And as far as God is concerned, there is no difference between her and me. God will not judge Diana based on the fact that she's still a young believer and I'm mature. In, if anything, the judgment for me will be much more harsher because what? To whom much is given, much is required. I'm telling you. I may know one or two things that are off about Diana, but you know what? God has called me to pray for her and to have that body and to be interested in what Diana likes and to encourage her. Not to criticize her. Even when she makes mistakes, even if she makes mistakes, I mean, so what if she has made a mistake? Everybody makes mistakes. Of course, as bishop, because of the fact that Diana is in sound, there are those moments when I'll have to, you know, <laughs> I'll have to look at her and I'll give that look to show that uh, I am uncomfortable. But it doesn't mean that I'll be uncomfortable with her for the rest of the week. Okay, guys of sound, you must understand that sometimes when I give you that bishopric look, it is because of that time. Hmm? You can still come and say hi to me and we'll stay, we, we, we will talk. If you want coffee, just tell me you want coffee, I will, we, we, we can meet in the course of the week. What's wrong with you? Hmm? How can you miss out on this opportunity? <laughs> okay? It is basically all about serving God, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I have an issue with Diana. Okay? You, you, you understanding me? I will pray. Even when I'm very critical of sound guys, let me tell you, I pray for these guys because there are moments when they do such a wonderful job. Like last Sunday, worship was, mm, I could hear everything. Today, Kunavile. Okay? I'll meet with, 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 with sound and media and worship team after that, and then we will try and, and discuss further. Not quarrel, discuss. Discuss. It will be a serious discussion. Okay? Let us place people in our hearts and intercede for them. Yes. Don't give up. Yes. 
That way, let me assure you, God will give you the ability to intercede, not just for one person, but for several. But if you cannot be entrusted with one person, uh-huh. why do you think your prayers for Kenya will be heard anywhere? Forces of darkness will just be sweeping everything that you're seeing. And you know, most prayers do not even reach up there. They just get lost here. Why? Because you have a very wrong heart posture. You don't care about people. You love gossip. Why should God entrust a gossiper with a burden for intercession? You just love gossiping and bad-mouthing people. Your role is to sample how people come to church dressed. Shindo kabisa. Huh? Tongues of warfare. This, you know, tongues of warfare, these are tongues that enable you to switch into the mode of warfare. Because, friends, from the time when you got born again, you must understand, you got into a battlefield. Okay? One thing about these types of tongues, beloved, these tongues are more intense, and they are very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. They are very, very militant. Yes. Okay? What happens during tongues of warfare is that God uses your prayer expression to tear down demonic strongholds. Okay? Yes. There is this scripture in Psalms chapter 60 from verse 9 to 12. Psalm 60 from verse 9 to 12. Are we there? Let me read. Who will bring me to the strong city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O Lord? Who casts us off? And you, O oh God, who did not go out with your armies? Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Throughout God we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. Looks like the projector is not working. Eh? Okay, because that's not the scripture. I was reading Psalms chapter 60 from verse 9 to 12. I was, I was actually reading from the New King James Version. Now, beloved... You cannot enter into the battlefield unless the Spirit of God leads you. One thing that you must understand, church, is that spiritual battle is not like the normal battle that we normally have. Huh? Spiritual battle is a battle where you must be led. Uh-huh. And you know, when the Spirit of God leads you into battle, he will give you the tongues of warfare. Okay? Of course, you can quote scripture, that is fine, but when it comes to matters of tongues, the Spirit of God must lead you. Because if you're not led by the Spirit of God and you access certain realms of, of, of warfare, you'll end up becoming a victim, or rather a casualty. You might end up getting counter-attacks. And this is very common, especially when you go for missions. I know there's a department of evangelism that is still at its uh, infancy stage. We want to do missions on and so forth. But the thing that I want to tell us, beloved, is this. You don't go for missions unless the Spirit of God has led you. Yeah. You don't go for missions unless you're led by the Spirit of God. Beloved, there are certain places unless the Spirit of God takes you and unless you're under spiritual cover, you'll end up becoming a victim. You'll end up coming back very sick. I'm telling you, you can come back very sick, extremely sick, almost to the point of death. Or you come back and, and you find that you've run mad. Let me take it further. 
You know this fasting that you decide that I'm going to fast for 60 days? Hmm? Or 90 days? Let me tell you something. Fasting that is not led by the Spirit of God and, and, and fasting that is not according to the Word of God is not fasting. It is hunger strike. Why do you want to lose weight when the Spirit of God is not in order? You think that by losing weight, that's when now God will be moved. God is not moved by how thin you are or how fat you are. God is moved by a heart that is corrigible, a heart that is broken, and a spirit that is contrite. You need to come to the place of having a contrite spirit that is willing to be carried along by the spirit. And one thing that, friends, you must understand, when you allow the spirit of God to lead you, he will lead you to places where you never expected him to take you. But many times you find Christians leading themselves to places where they ought not to go. And that's why you find that someone is not productive in his or her prayer life. Okay? Good fasting comes when you are spirit-led. Now, you cannot be spirit-led unless you're spirit-filled. Now, there is one baptism, but there are many in feelings. We must be filled by the Spirit of God daily. We cannot rely on the infilling of the Spirit of last Sunday. Last Sunday was powerful. We bless God for the worship. But you see, this Sunday, I tend to believe that people are still living the glory of last Sunday. That's why some of the worship team members were looking like they were just so heavy. You could even tell they were so heavy. You know? The instruments were just there. You know? I had to remove my ears because I couldn't hear anything very well. We must not rely on yesterday's glory. What I need today is different. And I must be filled by the Holy Spirit for me to be able to conquer today. I must be filled by the Holy Spirit afresh tomorrow so that I may be able to handle the challenges of tomorrow because each and every day is a day of battle. It may be battle at the, at, at, at the office, whereby you clash with a colleague, whereby somebody decides to, to, to hide some files so, so that you may be fired. Now, if you do not know how to, do, to wage war in the spirit, you'll, ask, you'll wonder why you are fired. And the reason why you are fired was because you, 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 are not, you are not sensitive enough. God expects us to be a people who know how to wage war. And it must be by the leading of the Spirit. By the leading of the Spirit. So that if it is fasting, we first of all trust the Spirit of God to tell us how many days to fast and how. Yeah. You don't just wake up and say, I'm going to fast for 300 days. That's why in this church I usually say, newlyweds are not supposed to fast for at least a year. When you get married, you stay off fasting for one year. Because it's very challenging to tell a newlywed, now you know we, we need to go into the battle. Eh? Eh? Hmm? <laughs> I did not say anything. <laughs> did I say anything? Did I, did I, uh, uh, Calvin, did I say anything? <laughs> yes, I was just looking at people. Eh? People who are newlyweds are not allowed. And that is a decree. Okay? So don't tell me that somebody told you that you need to fast and you're a newlywed. 
If you are a son of this altar and you, and you are newlywed, you are exempted from fasting. Even when it comes to matters of ministry, we allow new, newlyweds to, 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 to gradually get into ministry, or rather get back to ministry. It's very necessary. Because, you know, when you start engaging in certain aspects and uh, you're doing warfare, you might end up doing warfare with your, with your new wife or new husband, and it will not be very good. Because there's a certain rhythm, and those of you who are married, you know, there's a certain rhythm that you need to, uh, you know, get accustomed to. Isn't it? Yeah. So we normally excuse them. Okay? Yeah. For those of you who are single, I know that is Greek. But uh, we know you're getting there slowly by slowly. The singles, my single daughters and sons, you guys, are, all of you will get married. All of you, nyinyote. <laughs> All singles, all singles will get married. And I declare that something should happen this year. You'll be on your own. Okay? So don't try to manufacture a breakthrough here. Alafu ukitandiko unaanza kusema ati oh and I prayed. Are you sure you prayed? Tongues of worship. Yes, yes. First Corinthians 14 uh, uh, chapter 14 verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Now tongues of worship are basically tongues whereby you find yourself singing in tongues. And I'm sure this is what we are very conversant with. Okay? Now, singing in tongues is basically a dimension of prayer. Let me put it that way. Okay? It is an expression of heavenly prayer. Whereby the Spirit of God gives you a song. And that song speaks of the wondrous of God. It speaks of the love of God. It speaks of the, of, of, of the abundance of God. Everything about God in tongues. One good thing about tongues of worship is that it soothes you. Okay? Tongues of worship, you know when you sing in tongues, my friends, eh, when the Spirit of God gives you a speech or song in tongues, it is like you in a massage parlor. It relaxes your muscles. It relaxes you. You know, it, it, it makes your nerves feel at ease. Maybe some of you are wondering how possible it is. You wait until when God begins to give you such songs. For those of you who have actually moved, uh, you, you know, you, you know, moved in, in, in tongues of worship, I think you, you should be able to understand exactly what I'm saying. Hmm? Roger, am I wrong? Do you ever feel relaxed when you're in tongues of worship? Yeah. Hmm? It's very good. You can even tell when Ethan is busy doing his thing. When he sings in Soto, you know Ethan sings in Soto whenever he's doing his tongue most of the time. You can tell that this guy is so relaxed. Even how he moves, it's very natural. Hmm? Ama? You know somebody's just looking at me. Somebody. I wouldn't mention the name because I do not want to put anybody on, on the spot. You know one of the things, I, one feedback that I got from people is that, hey Papa, sometimes when I can go to a spot, so I'm also trying my level best to 
<laughs> not to put people on the spot. Kunavile. Yeah? Tongues of worship. You know, sometimes one thing that I, I, want to, I want you to understand about tongues of worship is that sometimes you switch on into the frequency of worship and the spirit of God, he begins to sing together with you. He sings together. It's now no longer you singing. And you'll actually be able to, you, you'll, you'll be sensitized to know that this is really not me singing. You'll actually feel that there is such a pull in terms of vibrations from your spirit, man. But now the spirit of God begins to sing with you. Uh-huh. And what is he singing? The spirit of God is singing the mind of God. Yeah. He's basically carrying a message that is in line with the word of God, either concerning your life or concerning the church or concerning the country, whichever. Okay? And then, as soon as that message goes up to the throne of God, it comes before him as a sweet-smelling aroma. You get what I'm saying? That is the intercession of saints. And then God the Father gives a reply. Did you know that also God can also sing? Uh So the Father, God the Father, sings back to you by the same, same spirit. So, the, so what happens is the Spirit of God picks whatsoever is, is, is are the thoughts of the Father. And he begins to sing the Father's thoughts back to you. Uh-huh. It, it could either be an answer to a particular prayer item, or it could probably be just a decree, or a word of exhortation. Yeah. And you know, when the Father sings back to you, my friend, it feels good. Do you know what it means to have the love of the Father? Okay, I know for you, for some of you, fatherhood is a bit strange because of the African father. You know, the African father is so militant and so on. I understand that. But let's forget about the militancy of our African fathers. There's always that good side of your dad. Do you know that good side of your father? When daddy becomes daddy, when he talks to you, you feel soothed. When he tells you, my my daughter, you can make it. Hmm? You you, You know the love of the father? That on the one hand, your father is tough, but on the other hand, your father is one person who helps you in providing solutions to your challenges. Your father gives you counsel, and that counsel, it uplifts you from, your, from, from how you're feeling. That is what God the Father does, especially in times of tongues of worship. And it doesn't just happen to the person who is being moved to sing in tongues of worship. This is a virtue that spreads to the congregation. Now, if you that is a member of the congregation, if you're very sensitive to what the Spirit of God is doing and somebody is getting, is being moved by the Spirit to sing in tongues of worship, do you know that you as a person can also get a message in tongues and the interpretation where you are, yet you're not standing here? Let me even take it further. I want us to understand the men and the women who are here on Sundays, they are not the only people whom God wants to use in worship. These guys only facilitate. You are the ones who are supposed to be doing the real thing. But the problem with you is that you're prayerless. You wait for these guys to do the donkey work. Let me submit to you. God wants to move in every one of you, regardless as to whether you got born again yesterday or not. All you need to do is just to be available and to be sensitive. 
You may not even have a voice like that of Angel Ashikos. You know? But do you know what? Even as you croak, do you know there's a way in which when you croak, the Spirit of God will pick up your croak and a melody will just come forth. The instrumentalists, if they are in the spirit, they'll be able to pick exactly what you're singing. I'm telling you. You know, I'm looking forward to a time whereby, oh God, I really miss the days when you grew up in the faith. I'm looking forward to the time whereby people are in worship here. Okay? Then someone gets a spiritual song in tongues. Immediately that person is through, someone in the congregation gets the interpretation of that song and begins to interpret it either in English or Kiswahili. Then that person finishes and immediately somebody else now in the same congregation gets another song in tongues via transposition. And immediately that person finishes, another person in the congregation interprets what exactly that person was playing. Or let's look at it this way. These guys are here, then we reach a point whereby one of the instruments, maybe whoever was playing the saxophone, if let's say Deno is in the spirit, that is, if at all, he always is. He plays a prophetic sound on the saxophone. And you know one good thing about God? He can cause the rest of the other instrumentalists to just go down. There'll be a holy quiet so that the saxophonist will play and play and play a very, very profound sound. And then immediately someone in the congregation who is full of the Holy Ghost begins to capture what exactly is the saxophonist playing. He's playing a message. So the person in the congregation is able to read the scroll of what God is saying from his or her heart begins to sing exactly what the saxophonist is playing in the normal language. That is the kind of church we should have. So that we don't just say, you know what, we'll just wait for these people to be doing everything. Sometimes these guys are prayerless. Sometimes. This one's here. Not always, but sometimes they're prayerless. There are certain Sundays you can tell these guys have not prayed. Hmm? Hmm? Yes, Thando, how are you? How are you, Thando? He's so happy. At least you know with Thando, he doesn't feel he's put on the spot. <laughs> yes, Thando, I'm finishing and then we'll bond. You, you get what I'm saying, guys? Yeah. That is basically what God is looking for. Hmm? God is calling us to a place whereby we don't have to wait for certain people to do certain things. Yeah. You're supposed to be a portal. Yeah. And when it comes to worship, every one of us has been called to be a worshiper. Worship is not just limited to music. You get what I'm saying? There are levels and dimensions of worship. And and you see, the realms of worship are, are, they are are basically an extraction of the realms of Christ. Okay? Which are executed and authenticated through the person of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, the realms of worship cannot be actualized. Hello? You must see yourself as somebody who can also operate in this. Hmm? God just gives you tongues. And you sing a song. 
I mean, that is the life that I lead. I don't know about some of you, but that's how we are. You wake up at night and God gives you a song in your spirit. Sometimes the song can come in tongues, you don't have the interpretation. And I usually tell the worship team, you don't need to wait for the interpretation. If God is moving you to sing, sing it. We will get to know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Mine is to facilitate. Okay? God has put in me lots of songs, almost thousands of songs within my spirit. Some are yet to be interpreted. I only position myself and when the well begins to flow, I know now this one will be interpreted. And it might not be interpreted in the same, same scale, but it will be, the interpretation will come within the same, same frequency. Sometimes I may be the one to interpret or somebody else interprets. Because friends, let me tell you, without worship, there's no good preaching. Preaching becomes lousy when there's no good worship. Without worship, even what people bring in terms of offerings, it, 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 it will not suffice because people will just be giving pocket change. But when there's good worship, good worship will motivate people to give sacrificially. I can only give sacrificially when I worship God well. Whereby the Spirit of God will tell me, to forget about the amount that I had set aside to give him. And I'll give what he wants. You know, the, the challenge with, with the body of Christ is that people do not know how to give for God. This is how I was brought up. If I know that sun, next Sunday we are meeting for church, I start preparing my giving immediately after this service. And I trust God for an amount of money that I'll give. I'll not wait for a pastor to say, it is time for giving. I don't have to wait for the pastor to read for me a scripture. That is for babies. You get what I'm saying? Let me take it further. Who said that you should only be giving on Sundays? Do you know in the olden days, there was no time in the service at the synagogue or the temple whereby there was time for offertory? There was always the offering box somewhere. Anybody could come at any time of the week and they drop their offerings. When they come for service, they are not coming because they are going to give. They are coming to thank God for the victories of the week. That's how it should be. If it is giving tithes, why should we wait for Sunday? Hello? If God has become a blessing to me, you know, I don't know about you people, you know, there are times... Whenever God gives, does something good for me, let me just give, share with you what I normally do. There are times God can minister to me in such a way and the only response that I can give to God is not prayers, is offering. Now because as a founder of this ministry, there's an offering I cannot give to this ministry because I'm the founder. It's like I'm giving to myself. You, you get what I'm saying? You know, when you're a founder of a ministry, you don't, you, you, you don't tithe to that. You, there's a certain offering you cannot give to the ministry. It's like you're giving to yourself. You have to give outside. Okay? So there are times I'll call my spiritual father, and while we are having, when we're having a phone conversation, he begins to notice that there's an empesa that has come to him, and I'm telling him this empesa is, a, is, a, is an offering of thanksgiving. I'm giving it to, to your ministry. 
because of something that the Lord has done for me. Okay? Even as somebody's phone has just uh, rang, somebody whom I'll not put on spot. Okay? Or sometimes, let me tell you, let, let me even take it further. Sometimes it's not necessary that I must give it to another man of God. I have, I have one surviving parent who's alive. There are times God can minister something to me and I call my father and I tell him, Dad, you know what, I want to appreciate you. And I send him money. Not because he asked. He's my parent. He's an authority. How many of you ever remember your parents whenever God has ministered to you some revelation? You're so stingy. You've got your biological parents that are still alive. You've ne- when was the last time you ever just sent money? Not because someone told you, but because of the fact that you appreciate mommy or daddy. None. And you say you're a believer. Hello? Hello? Let me even take it further. God has become a blessing to you. Do you ever think of an individual whom you know is struggling financially? Has not, you know? you begin to say, you know what, I'm going to become a blessing to this person. This person is not your friend, it's not your relative, but you just want to become a blessing. Do you know when you give to people, it's like you've basically given to God? There are various ways in which you give to people. Because let me tell you something, giving is part of worship. We give unto God, but other ways of giving unto God is we also give to people we love most, and even people we don't know. This last week, I'm a pastor. For those of you who know, I love organic stuff. I visited one of the Healthy U branches, and there was this gentleman. I had not seen him. He's one of the shop assistants there. I had not seen him, you know, for quite a while. So he told me about what had happened to him and so on. And as we were talking, I was busy picking my usual supplements. And then there was this particular supplement. I looked at it. I liked it. I told him, hey, can you, what do you think about this supplement? Of course, I know what, 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 what its use is. So we talked and talked and talked. And then I told him, hey, by the way, I just want to become a blessing to you. Which of these supplements do you want to pick? Then he looked at me, those sorts of, you want me to pick a supplement so that I can pay? I told him, listen, you heard me very well. Which supplement do you want to pick? Which one, if, you're, if, if somebody were to come to you and told you that he wants to buy for your supplement, which one would you pick? And he picked exactly the one that, I was talking about. So I told him, okay, put it in the basket, I'm going to pay for you. He was looking, huh? Really? Yes. Uh, and you know, the, and the amount, it was quite a lot of money. I told, yes, I will buy for you. You know, he thought I was joking. So I dragged him to the counter, I paid everything, and I told him, now this is his, chukwayo, and please go back to your duties. I just felt in my spirit that I need to become a blessing to him. He's not my relative. We are not even friends, by the way. We just happen to be acquaintances by virtue of the fact that I have visited that branch a couple of times and I've seen him. Is there anything wrong becoming a blessing to such a person? That is also an act of worship. Now here you are, you sing in tongues and yet you can't even become a blessing to somebody. What's wrong with you? Huh? Infamy. You have a caretaker in your compound. Do you ever even do shopping? Even just a packet of milk and bread for that caretaker? 
Do you know that caretaker as a family? Do you, even, do you even think about even becoming a blessing to the family of the caretaker? And you say that, oh, I sing in tongues of, of worship. Which ones? Those ones, are, they must be fake. Hello? You guys are so quiet, huh? I've kept you for long. Huh? It's good. It's very, very good. Then, as I conclude, the last type of tongues are tongues of men. This one you read, of course, I will not read the scripture. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 6 to 12, and Acts chapter 10, from verse 44 to 46. Okay? These are tongues of men. Tongues that you and I speak. Eh? English, is a, is, English is actually tongues of men. Kiswahili is tongues of men. Tongues that we normally use in our day-to-day uh, speech. Okay? Whereby God can actually move you by his spirit to speak. You can speak in English, but the kind of English you're speaking is not normal English. Am I making sense? You're speaking Kiswahili. But if you listen carefully, that is not normal Kiswahili. It is not Kiswahili that is learned in school. You're speaking in Kikuyu, but the Kikuyu you're speaking is so deep. Then what even the elders from uh, the Kikuyu community spoke in the 14th century? You're speaking the tongues of men by revelation. You're being carried along by the Spirit. Okay? You, are you getting what I'm saying, church? Yes, yes. Even as you pray, you, you may pray in English, Kiswahili, in Luo or Luya, but your prayers are not the normal prayers. You're praying by the move of the Spirit. And such kind of prayers move, move, move the heavens. And you can only pray such kind of prayers when you're full of the Spirit. As opposed to someone who has just crammed the scripture. And you're relying on human logic. And you pray, but you end up being frustrated and mad at everybody. Because what God is looking for is meekness of heart. What God wants is meekness. Hmm? The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. You're looking for inheritance, be meek. God is looking for people who, in the simplicity of their being, he enables them to articulate his mind and heart using the language they speak, but as per what God wants. In other words, God gives you a different way of tonguing, if I may put it that way, or tonguing. That's why you can find a preacher like Bishop Mulumbi. He's never gone to school, but you can tell that this guy speaks good English. Not because of, 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 of head knowledge. It's because of the fact that the Spirit of God has enabled him to be able to articulate the mind and the heart of God. He's able to bring forth the counsel of God the way God wants, not the way he wants. Now that does not mean that going to school is bad. It's good to go to school, but when it comes to matters of the kingdom, when it comes to matters of the Spirit, beloved, there's a time and there's a place where we must come to in our walk with God where God gives us a particular way of articulating his mind and heart. He gives you a lingo. So that whatever you speak is by the breath of the Spirit. 
You know, there is the normal speaking that we speak that has no breath. But there is the breath of God that comes upon you that enables you to bring forth life. That anything that you speak insofar as the mind and the heart of God is concerned, you're basically releasing the life of God. That's the breath of God. That you can speak in English or Kiswahili, but it's God's life in, in people. And that's what prophecy does, because prophecy is supposed to bring life, not death. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.